0: You are listening to a sermon brought to you by Shattern State Chi Alpha. I pray that this sermon will bless you and teach you something new today. And you can find a link to our website in the info. Check it out and shoot us a message. We would love to hear from you. So just a little tiny bit about myself. Um, I wasn't always this short. In fact, at one point in time, I was honestly shorter, if you believe that. So anyways, just starting off with a joke. Just like that video. Today, again, it's good to have a little fun. Uh, tonight's going to be kind of a little serious subject, but it's going to be amazing. And I just, if you allow the Spirit to work into your lives tonight, I really think He's going to do amazing things. So, so let's get started. Um, so show quick, quick. well, first of all, let's just say, if this is the first sermon I've ever done. So if it's amazing, I ask you to give God all the glory. If it's awful, 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 the worst sermon you've ever heard, I ask you to give all the glory, not because it's bad, but because He deserves it. If it's bad, it's because I botched it. So <laughs> just, just think about that as this goes. I hope it's going to be amazing. I, I believe it will be. So, so j- okay, so by a show of hands, how many of you honestly expect to be married within 10 years? Pretty much most of you guys. How many of you expect to be happy in your marriage? Right? How many of you expect to have an amazing job? How many expect to own a house potentially, maybe have a couple kids? 10, 15 years, you know, whatever. Maybe. Potentially. Okay, so how about this? Now, how many of you, after getting married, expect or want your marriage to end in a divorce? Anybody? No, I didn't think so. How about uh, any of you guys want to struggle financially? Nope, no hands raised. (laughs) How many of you want to struggle with depression? None. I don't see any hands raised, so... So I dare to say that every single one of you expect and want the first questions that I asked. But none of you expect or want anything bad to happen in your lives. None of you expect to go through hardship. And the truth is, the younger we are, the more we envision a fairy tale ending to our lives. That we just believe that everything in our lives is going to be awesome. We expect to have a perfect wife, a perfect husband, maybe a perfect job. A perfect four-bedroom house, right? I mean, whatever we envision, with a couple little kids running around in the backyard. We see it in movies all the time. And we often see people posting about their perfect lives on Facebook all the time, right? So why not us? We see videos of proposals and pictures all the time. We watch romantic movies where a couple fall in love, and everything always works out for the better. It's always amazing, right? Phil, you want to go to that first picture? Okay, so you see this picture. How amazing does this picture make you guys feel? All right, I hear you say it's so cute, right? See? So I'm sure at least the ladies, it melts your heart. And maybe for some of the sensitive guys, it might melt your heart a little bit, you know? Uh, (laughs) Bryson, I know it's you. Um, I'm actually kind of an old school romantic myself, so Honestly, I see this picture, and it, it, it does. It gives me a little bit of that same deal. Um, but it, the reason why we feel this way is because we know we can stare at this picture and we can see genuine love and commitment in those in that couple. Um, that We can see how much they love each other and what they plan on being together, right? I mean, it's pretty obvious. <clears throat> um, so, to be honest... Oh, but actually, so... So we see this picture, but each of us have seen some people that we love and care about go through divorce. We have seen Christian peoples, we have seen loved ones that we really care about go through divorce, depression, bankruptcy, heartache, and even suicide. And the list just goes on and on and on. Do you ever wonder why this is? We so often go through things in our lives that are unexpected Sometimes the things we, we go through, we, we could never expect in a million years. It would never happen in our lifetime. And I guarantee a lot of you guys right now are probably thinking, this won't happen to me. If, if I get married, I'll never get divorced. I'll never get into debt. I'll never go get so depressed that I might consider a suicide. So the question becomes, how is it that this couple can be so in love and be so happy that they can end up more like this? Phil, so you want to show the next picture? Right, And that, that just, you see that picture and it just makes you sad. I mean, we see this all too, ha- too often in our world today. So most of you have probably heard that the average divorce rate in America is close to 50%. It's not much different in the American church. Um, there's also a stat that shows the average American credit card debt is just under $9,000 per person. Per person. That's average. Suicide is at an all-time high. Broken families... Bankruptcy, we hear about them every single day of our lives. The truth is, I can guarantee that most people, if any, expected not to become in this situation. Honestly, I can guarantee that most divorces, when the couple first started to be together, or not divorces, but marriages, when they first got together were like that first couple we've seen, right? They were fully committed. They were fully in love. And the scariest stat about it all is, is that the fact that the stats... And this day for the average American believer who calls himself Christians isn't much different. Phil, you want to go to the next one? Okay, so Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So, my sermon today is called Unbreakable Foundations. So, how many of you today? Don't mind me asking, we're raised in a Christian household. So for some of you, your foundations, the place that you um, were born into for the most part, was built at least a little bit around God. For the most part, you grew up in church, knowing about God, believing there was a God, even if it was based on just because of the simple fact that your parents said there was a God, you believed it. Kind of like Tanner talked about for, the, for a moment last week, um, I just want to bring this up again, that maybe some of you struggle with an authentic relationship of your own with Christ. Maybe your relationship has always been dependent on someone else. Maybe on your parents, your grandparents, maybe on friends or relatives. Tanner asked me to speak today, and when he did, God made it very clear to me to what it was I was going to speak about. And it's because I've struggled in this area for many, many years of my life, and it, it's very, very dear to my heart. I honestly believe that for the most part, for most of my life, my relationship with Christ was actually based on my parents. I kind of just did whatever my parents said. I followed them. I followed, I followed God because I was honestly uh, afraid of them. Um, so... You know, we all, we all, at some level at least, understand how that feels. But through everything that I've been through in my life, I can honestly say that I have no doubt in my mind that this is the most vital piece of walk that we can possibly have in our lives. As I begin to move forward and tell you about my personal foundations, I want each of you to think about your own foundations Listen to the Spirit speak to your heart as I share some of my testimony, some of my story and the struggles that I've went through in my life, and see what He speaks to you. So some of my story is basically I, I was born and raised in a little town in Crawford, about 30 miles from here. Um, I was born and raised into a family that truly followed God. I went to church every single Sunday of my entire life. But through that time, because I believe a lot of my, uh, my beliefs were because of my parents. I struggled with God. Um, I kind of got in a place where I knew God was real, but he was kind of more the God of the Old Testament, where he would, if I failed in some area, he would bash me down, whatever, whatever. So I tried so hard in my life to continue to follow God, yet it got so hard for me, I kind of fell off the path that he was intending for me. One of the things I really struggled with as a kid was feeling loved. Um, My parents absolutely loved me. I know they did. Uh, They just had a hard time showing it sometimes, and I really struggled with that. And it came so much to the point that through my life, at one point in time, I really absolutely felt like I needed to have someone else in my life that would show me love, would show me compassion, would give me what I felt like I needed. So I got this point in high school, basically my senior year in high school, I decided to find somebody to date. I didn't care who it was for the most part. If she was interested, I was interested. I mean, a lot of you guys relate to that sometimes, right? But it's not exactly the most ideal way to do it. But it's kind of, it's just how I was at the time. It's not the best way, but it's how he was leading me. Excuse me, how I was being led myself. So it wasn't long after that that I met this pretty girl that honestly was very interested in me for whatever reason. I never quite understood that at the time, but she was. and So it wasn't long after that we started dating, and just like things go, I was born in the Christian foundations, but I wasn't living as a Christian. And things that I promised myself I would never do, it wasn't too long after that, that I found myself doing those and walking into the paths that I shouldn't be walking. And about... Nine to ten months after we started dating, I found out that my girlfriend was pregnant. So here I am, a 17-year-old kid. I just graduated high school. I'm just starting college. I think it was August or September of my freshman year in college. I found out my girlfriend is pregnant. What do you do? Right? Scared me to death. I'm like, man, my life is over. I screwed up big time. What in the world am I going to do? I really like this girl a lot. I wasn't sure if I loved her yet, but I really, really liked her. But I did what I felt like was the right thing to do. I did what I believe my parents wanted me to do. I believed what I felt like God was telling me to do at the time. which So I married her. We got married that next summer. Um, I had a beautiful baby boy. He's 16 years old now, if you can believe that. And anyway, his life went on. Um, It wasn't easy. Uh, We fought for everything. Um, My girlfriend was 16 at the time when she was first pregnant. By the time she had my son... Uh, she was 17 years old, so you can imagine most of you guys are older than that right now, and can, some of you guys can't even fathom having a kid right now. So you can imagine what this would be like being so young, going into marriage, and starting to become an adult right off the bat. It wasn't easy. But through it all, I continued to try to do my best. Even if I thought my life at some level was over, I thought I'd given up my dreams, I thought I'd given up my hopes, I was like, you know what, I can do this. So I started working full-time. I went to college full-time. I got my degree. But that desire and that want to feel needed, to feel like I was creating a purpose in life, that I was actually doing something. Even though I have a wife and a kid, for whatever reason, I still never felt value. I never felt worth. My wife loved me. She showed me all kinds of love and everything, but I still struggle with that. It was something that I never fully got over. So as I continued to get older, I kept thinking I needed to do more. I wasn't doing enough for my family. I wasn't providing enough. Um, I felt like a failure all the time. Suicidal thoughts sometimes would come in my head because I just wasn't good enough. Voices would constantly braid me, and at one point in time, I even fell in kind of a depression state where I ended up going on some, some depression pills to basically help me cope and get through some of the times I was going through. Well, because of my nature, I'm an all-or-nothing person, which is sometimes a great thing and sometimes an awful thing. I decided that I have to do more, that I'm not providing enough. Finances were tough. Bills were tough. Um, I just I didn't like handouts. So I wanted to do it on my own. And so I get this brilliant idea. I'm like, man, I was raised in a family that loves playing cards. I can play cards for a living, I bet. So I get on online poker, which some of you guys have heard about, I'm sure. Um, and it wasn't long to where I started making a lot of money. And I was really, really good at it. And I'm not saying this in a bragging way, and I'll, I'll get to the point of what I mean on this. But through about a four-year time period, I, we traveled all over the world. I played in like the World Series main event, which was a $10,000 buy-in. I made probably hundreds of thousands of dollars over this four-year time period. And I honestly remember at one point in time laying on the bed, rolling around on a pile of $20 bills, $40,000 worth of $20 bills I literally had on my bed. Can you imagine this, right? And I remember laying there. Me and my wife are laying there, and I'm like, man, this is the life, man. We, we've got it made. i we're making so much money. I've got an amazing wife, amazing kids. Everything is great, right? But how long does that last? That, that's where the issue ends up starting falling in. Everything is great, but everything has a season and a time for it. And, and it, although it looked so good at the time, you find out later sometimes it's not so good. Some things that look good, you know, we, I used to always say, all good things from, come from God, because that's biblical. But there's times that good things come from the devil too, and he uses them to slowly chip away at our foundations. So anyway, as things rolled on, I begin to struggle a little bit. Times would be up and down. The more I made, the more I wanted to make. The more time I spent playing cards, the more time I spent playing cards. I would be up till 5, 6 o'clock in the morning, then get up and go to work at 8 o'clock. And my family paid the price for it. This is the ultimate truth. They never complained about it. My wife never said a word. Um, but I, see, I look back now and I see how I failed in so many areas during that time and where my priorities were so messed up. Well, it wasn't too long after that. I think it was... 2010 or 2011, um, online poker went away. So my main source of finances went totally out the window. What do you do, right? They totally banned it in the United States, so I couldn't play anymore. So it wasn't long after that I started going, well, you know what? We're living this lifestyle. We're living this lifestyle like people that are making tons of money, and it was catching up to us. I mean, $500 at a given time meant absolutely nothing to me because I lost and won it at a drop of a hat like that. So when it went away, all of a sudden we're living this lifestyle, spending thousands of dollars a month, and we're forced down to try to live on a couple hundred dollars a month. So it's this whole huge transition. Well, how do you do that, right? So you start using credit cards. You start using them any way you can because I'm like, eh, I'll just pay them off when I get more money. So you continue to do that. So we started building up debt. Well, it wasn't long. I'm like, you know what? I can't keep doing this. I miss cards. I want to go do this. So I started driving three hours one way, to Deadwood, South Dakota, basically, twice a week to go play cards to gamble, basically. Well, I was good at it. Again, even live, I was good. I made a lot of money. The problem was it put me in an absolute horrible atmosphere, and it wasn't long that I became basically addicted to gambling. And so I would win a poker tournament, and I might win $2,800, $3,000 on the night, and I would turn around and throw every dime back into a slot machine, or I would turn around and throw every dime back on, a, on blackjack. And there wasn't many nights that I actually came home with money back in my pocket, even though I had won. So anyways, this went on for quite a few years. My wife still never complained about it, never said a word. Well, as things went on, things in my life still began to change. I become, started getting more and more depressed. Um, I became more angry because I knew finances were building up. Um, I think in about a five-year time period, I basically built up about $40,000 in credit card debt give or take a little bit, if you guys can even imagine that. And my mentality state was is that I $500 meant nothing. And so I was like, man, I could make this back at a given time. So the problem was is I kept trying. You just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. Well, it eventually catches up to you. So it wasn't too long after that, that again, I'm thinking things are great. I'm thinking things are fine. I'm telling people our marriage is better than it's ever been. And my wife. I come home from work one day, and she walks in and she says, Jordan, I'm in love with somebody else. I'm leaving you. So anyways, I'm like totally floored. I had absolutely no idea. Um, absolutely no idea. It was one of those things that absolutely destroyed me. I mean, with, within a month's time, she filed for divorce and walked out, um, and it got a little ugly for the most part. It wasn't nice. I had absolutely no expectations of it. I had no idea that this was going to happen in my life. Um, But anyways, during that time, I absolutely lost myself. I had absolutely no idea what in the world I was going to do. I felt like, you know, I told you how the desire that I had to feel wanted, to feel needed, to feel hope and, you know, all that stuff went out the window when the one person that I honestly felt desired me and loved me and cared for me walked out the door. So I was at an all-time low ever. Every single morning I woke up and I considered suicide. Every single day. There wasn't a day for probably almost a month where I didn't consider killing myself. So one day I'm driving down the road in my pickup and I'm, I am in this bad state of mind where I'm just crying out. The voices are constantly berating me, constantly berating me. And they're saying, end it, Jordan, just end it, just end it. And I look ahead and there's this giant ravine in front of me and I'm driving down my pickup and I'm thinking to myself, I'd be better off just to drive off this ravine and end it. And right when I thought that, I heard the voice of God speak to me and I heard him very, very clearly. He said, Jordan, it's time for you to give your life completely to me. It's never too late to turn your life around And give yourself to me. So, I was like, man, okay, God. So I pulled the truck over, I pulled over, and I just started crying. And I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do in this? And I just prayed and I wept. And I just felt this absolute utter peace. I'm like, God, these voices in my head, I can't deal with them anymore. They need to go. I just cannot deal with it. I can't deal with the thoughts of suicide I can't deal with all this stuff I'm struggling with. I don't know what to do. And instantly, like that, the voices were gone. And anyways, as time went on, I continued to struggle. Not a whole lot changed. Honestly, it got tougher. But I got tougher when I the more and closer and closer I got with God. And anyways, one of the most interesting things that ended up happening through it at all is I fought against my divorce. I wanted to... I wanted to restore my marriage. I I would have been willing to do whatever it took. But at some level, it was to the point where there was nothing else I could do. So I finally just handed it to God, and I said, God, this is yours. I can't do anything else with it. You take care of it. It's in your hands. And so on June 2nd of last year, which would have been my 16-year wedding anniversary, I signed the divorce papers to let go one woman in this life that I cared more than anyone else for. It was a very, very tough day. But it was bittersweet, too, because I finally felt like I was letting God, just letting him have it. Um, I remember praying to God after all of, this, all of this stuff happened. And I had signed the divorce papers and I was moving forward. And I remember still just struggling. Because this, this is the hardest thing that anybody, in my opinion, could hardly go through. It's one of the absolute toughest things. And I honestly had no idea what to do. And I remember praying one night to God. And crying out to him and I said God what in the world am I going to do and I heard him very and I said why me why is this happening to me why in the world do I have to give up my wife why do I have to give up the life that I've known and he said Jordan I care more about you than I do about your marriage and he says your marriage is only temporary but your relationship with me is eternal and I'm not saying that God caused my divorce that is so against anything so please don't take it that way My divorce was honestly caused by my own sin, by the lies and the foundations that I had built my life on. As well as the sin and the brokenness of my wife, obviously. Um, But God is very clearly using it for His glory. Just like He says, uh, Romans 8, 28. uh, um, To glorify His name. I mean, I wouldn't be here today even if He wasn't. I, I have honestly... So many amazing things that I could tell you about my testimony, which I'm not going to get into tonight because I just want to set this foundation for the most part. But my foundations were honestly stripped away so that I would begin to build my foundations on what is honestly unchanging, unmoving, and unbreakable. Because we're always going to face trials in this life. And that unchanging foundation that we need to base ourselves on is Jesus. I can't even tell you, honestly, about the joy and the happiness that I have right now, which doesn't even make any sense at all through some of the stuff that I've been through. Um, It's just God alone. That's all I can say about it. But I can tell you the reason why, and it's because my foundations now are beginning to be built on the rock. So my point of this story, and my little glimpse into my history, is this. I was that guy. I was the guy that honestly thought everything in my life would be perfect. Right? Even through my mistakes, through my brokenness, I believed I loved God. I believed I did. I played the part. I went to church every single week and I tried really really hard. But when the wind blew and the storms came like they always do in this life, I found out that God was not the one that my foundations were truly built upon. In fact, when God showed me what my true foundations were, I was honestly shocked, and I tried to argue with him. <laughs> but he very clearly showed me what my foundations were built on. And he showed me this amazing illustration. I, w- I honestly wish, I want to share this with you today, and I wish, I if I'd have thought of it, I maybe would have got it. I wish I had some blocks to kind of build this foundation out for you. But just instead, imagine this in your mind, because this is kind of how God showed me. So hopefully you'll understand what I'm saying, but basically for 33 years of my life, I honestly believe that my foundations were built on God. But when the foundations of my life crumbled all around me, and it was laying all over the place, God showed me, and he showed me an image of myself reaching out and grabbing that foundation block and turning it around. And when I turned it around, what I saw shocked me. I was expecting it to be God, right? Because that's what I thought my foundations were built on. But instead, when I turned that block around in, my, in this image, God showed me that that foundation stone wasn't him, but it was in fact a picture of me. That basically I was the one that was trying to build my foundations. I was the one that had built my foundations up. And I had built it very, very poorly. And as I stacked the blocks higher and higher in my life, I myself was incapable of holding so much weight. The foundations that I had built my life on was not capable of holding all my sin. It wasn't capable of holding all my brokenness and the brokenness in my marriage. Jesus himself is the only one ever, ever, capable of holding that up and he did it for me already and he did it for you already when he took it upon his back and he went to the cross for us we are not capable of carrying that load ourselves and we were never designed to do so i share this today's not so that you guys feel sorry for me not that you can hear about this crazy life that i've lived so far I share this today so that you guys can understand how insanely important it is to have a strong foundation in your life. A weak foundation isn't something that usually happens instantly. You want to go to the next picture, Phil? It's just like this picture. i seen this picture and I was like, that's the one I'm using. Because you see this foundation of this tree and you can tell like a river or something has went through there and slowly washed away the foundations of that tree. It was planted firm, but it's no longer and it's just a matter of time when it gets taken away. It doesn't usually happen instantly. It's, it's a slow process. And it's because the enemy is cunning, he's shrewd, and he waits and picks at our weaknesses. He picks at the people that we love and he just waits for the per- perfect opportunity to pull out that last beam that holds everything together. So my questions tonight that I want you guys to ponder a little bit is how strong is your foundations? What is your foundations built on? And if God turned around that foundation stone for you guys and showed you what was on the other side, what would you see? Is it Jesus? Is your foundations built out of your own ability? Or is your foundations full of cracks where the enemy can begin to chip away at it? Are we allowing the enemy in sometimes through some areas in our lives that we try to hide from God? Because I'm telling you, the enemy is patient. He's very, very patient. and He waits for the right moment. If he chips away eventually, is he going to find a giant hole where he can get in and rip everything apart from, rip all your foundations apart from the inside? I'll never forget what God told me about my marriage, that he cares more about me than he does my marriage. I'm not saying that God doesn't care about my marriage. In fact, he probably cares more about my marriage than me. And probably more than anyone else. The truth is, he cares about your happiness. He cares about your financial situation. He cares even about the smallest, minuscule things in your life. More than you will probably ever understand. But he cares more about your character. And he cares more about your obedience. And he cares the most about your eternal destination more than he will ever care about the temporary things in your life. It is your eternal life and eternal destination that matters to him the most. We only get 100 years at most in this life. We only get 100 years to make an impact on people's lives. We only have 100 years to fulfill the destiny that Christ has put on your life. But what we do on this earth in that time directly impacts our life in eternity. In this day and age, we worry so much about things in our lives that ultimately have no impact whatsoever. I spent day after day after day trying to get better at golf, trying to get better at poker, trying to get better financially, trying, trying, trying. trying. I wasted so much of my life trying and trying to get better at things that made absolutely no difference In the kingdom realm. And for what? When I'm on my deathbed, do I honestly think I will look over my life and be like, Man, I sure wish I would have worked more. I sure wish I would have made more money. For all those years of my life, did I honestly believe that's what mattered? When I die and I'm standing before God, do I honestly believe He will say, Well done, Jordan. Man, you lived a great life. You were an amazing golfer. And man, you made a ton of money when you were on that earth. Woo! Good job, Jordan. Right? I mean, this is absolutely insane. It's insane. But it's like you believe that because you live that. And I'm telling you that I'm passionate about this because I lived it. I'm a 35-year-old man starting my life completely over again. And I'm finally doing it in the way that God intended from the beginning. I'm asking you guys all today to take what I'm telling you seriously. Don't say tomorrow that I'm going to start because there's always another tomorrow and another tomorrow and another tomorrow. Tomorrow truly never comes. Don't wake up 35 years in the life looking back in your life, staring at the foundations that you built on your own and a huge pile of rubble beneath you, wondering what in the world that I do with my life. I hope none of you come out of here discouraged by my word today. Instead, I actually hope you come out of here tonight with a new desire and a new hope to build the foundations of this life on the only thing that truly matters. It is never, ever too late with God. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you guys to spread out. We're going to take five to ten minutes or so, and I'm going to ask you guys to pray and just speak to God and let him speak to your heart and listen to what he says. And what I I want you guys to ask him is to go over some of these things. Who or what is sitting on that throne in your life? Who or what is trying to fill those voids of feeling wanted or needed? And most importantly, is God enough for you? If he told you guys tonight that you guys would all remain single the rest of your life, that you would serve him, That he would send you anywhere that he asks. And, And are you guys okay with that? Are you okay with that? Are you okay with dying single but obeying our Heavenly Father? Is God enough for you in your life right now? And if it isn't God who's sitting on that throne, if your foundations are not firmly built on him, I'm going to be very bold and honest in saying this. This is honestly something that I am still working on in my life today. I honestly hear God ask me these questions almost every single day. But I'm telling you all from experience, I had money. I traveled all over the world. I did all kinds of amazing things that so many people would dream about. But I'm telling you, it doesn't bring lasting satisfaction or joy. Instead, You just need more and more and more of it to try to fill that void by temporary things. And those of you who are desperate and thinking you need to find a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse sometime soon, I understand. Because you're like me. And you want to feel that desire to feel loved. But I can promise you that God is the only one that can ever fully fulfill that desire. And if you honestly think that another broken, sinful person is going to meet those expectations in your life, those wants, those desires, you will honestly face a lot of hardship and brokenness in your life. Other broken and sinful people were never designed to fill a role that was made by God alone. My wife can never fill the expectations that I put on her and I can never fill the expectations that she put on me. It is not possible. Those expectations belong to God alone. He is the only one that can meet those in our life. And until you can realize that you're okay in your life not having a spouse, not having money, a house, or any other things in our lives, until you realize that God is enough for you, I can promise you that there is no house, there is no wife, there is no husband, there is no kids, there is no amount of money in this entire world that will ever be enough for you in your life. Is God enough? So Phil, if you would, would you put on a little music quietly? If you guys want to spread out, just take five, ten minutes. I'll call you back here shortly. Just speak to God, see what he's talking to you about. And we'll get back together here in a moment. Okay, so what I just wanted to finish out saying is, um, I know this is kind of, a, could be a tough message, but um, I know some of you could be struggling things with, with things right now. And I just want to say, um, it's never too late to build your foundation on Christ. Um, If you give him what you've built your foundation on right now, he will take it and he will make it beautiful. And one of the illustrations that I meant to talk about and I kind of forgot, but I just I feel like I need to tell you guys is while I was praying over that. And when God had showed me the blocks that I was telling you about on the foundations is I was I was thinking about how I was going to illustrate this to you guys. And I was like, man, I wish I had some blocks so I could stack them on top of the table And, and God could be the table and the blocks are us. And he's like, Jordan, no, no, no. He's like, I'm a lot bigger than the table. And so he showed me an image of the, of the earth. And yet, the things that we build are still the size of a block. So I just want you to think about that. It's something he showed me is that the foundations, when we build our foundations on the rock, it's not something small. It's not something that is immovable. It is, I mean, it is absolutely immovable. There is nothing that this earth, that this life, that the winds and the storms of this life can ever touch Um, I mean he's the God of love he's the God of endless opportunities and it's never ever fully too late to give your life to him and it's never too late to put him as the true foundations in your life and thank you for letting me speak to you So, um, Holy Spirit I just thank you for tonight God I thank you for using me I thank you for changing hearts and changing lives God I ask you to continue to speak into the lives of every single person here That you will begin to tear away the foundations that we have built in our lives that are not of you. And God, begin to put yourself there in that spot. The only spot that you belong in, that there is nothing else in this life that belongs there but you. God, we give you that today. Um, And we ask that you continue to just change our hearts so that we will continue to change in the image of you. Uh, We love you. We thank you. Continue to be with us throughout the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen.